0: We're going to actually look at Luke chapter 9 beginning in verse 57. And as you're, you're turning there, um, as I started thinking about children's Sabbath, I, I, me and my wife don't have any children of our own, but she works in children's ministry and I've got some nephews and I've started to realize that there's a phrase that happens a lot when it comes to kids. And the phrase is, what did I tell you? And the uh, response, more often than not, is they'll tell you exactly what you said, and then there's this little three-letter word. But. Everything was good, but then this happened. Everything was okay, but this. And as I started to think about that, and I started to to look at the song that our children sang as our call to worship of I Have Decided to Follow Jesus, I started asking myself the question, and I want to ask this question to you. What is your but? I'll follow Jesus But, if he says this, I'm out. If he asks me to do that, I'm gone. And I think we all have a but, a point. And you may be saying, no, preacher, I don't. And if you don't think you do, I applaud you. I may not think you're right, but I applaud you. I think we all have a point. And, and I really started to, to wrestle with what my point was when I started looking at the person that wrote Our Call to Worship. His name was Sundar Singh, and he was born in 1889 in Punjabi, India. And, and his mother, when he, after he was born, sent him to a, a Hindu holy man to learn the practices of their religion, But because she wanted him to be educated, she also sent him to a Christian school to learn English. Imagine how torn he was listening to the teachings of a Hindu holy man attending a Christian school. And so, when at 14 years old, his mother passed away and he's still wrestling with his own faith, his own understanding... He found himself proclaiming, I don't believe either one of them. I'm done. Neither one of them can answer the questions that I have because he he was getting surface level answers on both sides, if you will. And so what he had decided, and this is going to get a little bit dark, but what he had decided was that he was going to end it all and throw himself on a railway track because there was no meaning to life or purpose. But because he had been brought up in this understanding that there had to be something more, he he said the night before he wanted to initiate his plan, whoever is the true God, whoever it is, reveal yourself to me. And that night he had a vision of Jesus with an outstretched hand saying, come and follow me. pretty cool story but it doesn't end there because reminder he was in Punjabi, india his family was hindu so his father's reaction was not what you would expect when he said hey jesus hey hey dad i've decided to follow jesus he said you've done what to follow who where no son of mine will And it got so bad that his father had devised a plan to poison his son so that he would not bring shame to the family name. But this this British missionary that was in the village at that time heard of the plan and rescued him. And on his 16th birthday, he was publicly baptized and proclaimed, I have decided to follow Jesus. And now, the other verses of that song, you may not be familiar with it, say things like, no turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. the cross before me, the world behind me. And many proclaim that when Singh wrote this song, it was based on the last words of a man named Noxing. N-O-K-S-E-N-G, for those of you that are keeping score, I probably butchered that pronunciation. But he was a man that also grew up in India in the mid-19th century, and so they would have heard of this story, a story of struggle and heartbreak, where his family had decided to follow Jesus because of a missionary that had come to their village. But their their village chief said, oh, no, 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 you won't. Not in my village. And he said, "You, you can repent now. You can turn away from that and everything. No harm, no foul. And the response was, I have decided to follow Jesus. And so the response of the tribal chief was, okay, what happens if there's a little bit more skin in the game? And so they took his two daughters from him. And they put them in prison and they said, if you continue to proclaim the name of Jesus, we will execute them. And he said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Turning back and they said okay and they executed his daughters and then they took his wife and they said now surely you will turn away and he looked them in the eye and he said though none go with me still I will follow and they executed his wife and then they took him and said, now is your chance. Save yourself. And his response was, the cross before me, and the world behind me, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And so, as we hear that story, I want to ask that question one more time. What is your butt? Where is that moment and that story? Because I would dare say each and every one of us would hear that story and go, at this moment, I would have just said, you're right, okay, I renounce it in order to save face or our loved ones. What is Your butt. Now, as we go on in history, what we find is the way in which he lived out his faith caused not only that tribal chief, but many in his village to be converted to decide to follow Jesus. But it was because he was willing to do more than just give lip service to it, but live it out. And with that in mind, I want us to look at Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 57. Where it says, as as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And I want to pause right there, because what what he's pointing at is what has happened previously in the chapters, or in this chapter, where Jesus and the disciples are, are getting ready, they're preparing, they've set their eyes to Jerusalem, as the text says. Jesus knows what's coming, and it says he chose to go through Samaria, which is an interesting phrase, but the reason that they put that in there is because other people don't choose to go through Samaria. It's the the part of town that you avoid. It's the people that you avoid. But even as Jesus knows what's beset before, before him, he says, I'm going to go to these people. Until the day that he's hanging on the cross, he's choosing to seek out the least and the lost. To go to those places that the world would say, we don't do that, we don't associate with them. But what happens is that Jesus, as they go through Samaria, he sends his disciples out to find somewhere for them to stay. And they've heard about Jesus and and they start to realize, oh, we don't want to associate with that guy. We're already outcast. And so if we associate with him even further, we become more of an outcast. And so nobody welcomes him in. And so when Jesus says that foxes have holes and birds have nests, and but I have nowhere to lay my head, what he's pointing this man to is this. In order to follow me, it may lead to insecurity, it may lead to hardships. It may lead to moments where people in your life have deemed you as unclean or unworthy. It may have this moment where you feel that you're all alone in this faith. Because Jesus is not trying to be harsh. He's just trying to be honest with the cost of discipleship. And the story goes on because after this man, Jesus then looks to another man and says to him, follow me. But the man's response is, Lord, let me first go bury my father. And Jesus responds, let the dead bury their own. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And there's still another I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus responds, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Does Jesus seem a bit harsh? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I read this and I go, wait a minute, Jesus, these are very valid reasons. These are very valid excuses as to why it's not like they said Jesus I'll follow you but first let me go finish streaming these this series that I'm watching on Netflix It's not like it's just some throwaway phrase, but it's very valid reasons. But what Jesus points them to is this, as he seems very harsh, is what he is seeking is a heart that is undivided and fully devoted to him and him alone. I by no means believe that Jesus is honestly saying, don't go bury your father." But what he is telling this person is this, is if your love for your father is greater than your love for me, you have missed the point. Which is tough for some of us to hear. It's tough for me to hear. That as, as Jesus says, follow me, he means me above all else above even your biggest of buts. No turning back. No turning back. So I'm going to ask again, how many of us here today desire to follow Jesus, but if we're honest... We've got some, some spots where we're holding back, where we're saying, yeah, Jesus, I, I'll follow you, but I've got a reasonable excuse as to why I won't follow you there. Yeah, yeah Jesus, I trust in your will and your way to a point. Yeah, God, mm, but... We all have them, if we're honest. And they reflect in our lives and our own understandings. It's the reason that, that I read recently, we so often use prayer as our, as our scapegoat and our last-ditch effort because we go, I'll handle it, And then, when all else fails, then I'll seek God first. But this brief section of Scripture, Jesus doesn't mince words. He's forthright and honest. And he says, you want to follow me? Let that be your primary focus. Period. Stop worrying about what this group wants you to do and that group wants you to do, where this group is pulling you and where that place is going and all of these things and keep your eyes focused on me. And I can't help but wonder as I go back to the story of our author of our call to worship, how many of us decided to follow Jesus but we did so because it's easy and comfortable in our, co- in our current country, in our current climate. Don't mishear me. I give thanks for that. But I do ask, have to ask the question in my own heart, and I challenge you to do the same. Would you be willing to follow Jesus if it wasn't the social norm? if it wasn't the socially accepted thing to do, if it was going to cost you friendships and relationships and family members, would you still be willing to say, yes, Lord, I will follow you, no turning back. As we look throughout the Scriptures, we see Jesus over and over again followed by a multitude and a multitude and a multitude of people because of the miracles that He is performing. But what we also see is that there are so frequently those moments where Jesus teaches hard teachings and all of a sudden, the crowds kind of start to disperse, if you will. One of which is when Jesus is sitting with the woman at the well and his response is, let you without sin cast the first stone. And all of a sudden they go, oh, wait a minute. I have to analyze my own life? I have to address my own sin? I can't just point out the light and shine the light on other people's sins? And they go, no, I'm not down for that. I'm okay following as long as I can point out everybody else's stuff. But... I've got to address me. No, thank you. So they all start to scatter. And we even look at the cross and all those multitudes that were there that were proclaiming Jesus as Messiah, the second that he comes into Jerusalem and starts to change their comfort levels and starts to say, hey, the things that you've been doing, we can't do anymore because it's not rooted in the love of God and neighbor, so we have to change. All of a sudden, their cries go from Lord and Messiah to crucify him and the crowds disperse again if it wasn't easy if it wasn't convenient would you still follow it's not an easy question to field and I don't expect you to have an answer today but I do expect you to wrestle with it Because what we find in our text is those people that chose to follow start to realize that that's where the true reward is. That it's not in some eternity set in the future but it's in following the way of Christ and seeking to love God and love neighbor and love creation. Reminder that when Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he says those two things, right? Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he looks forward and he says, and when you do this, the kingdom of God is near. And I think too many of us are looking forward and going, God, when will your kingdom come? And I think the answer is this. When you decide to start following me, that's when my kingdom will come. And so as we look at the world and go, why is God's kingdom not coming? Why is it not revealing itself? It may be because we have not chosen to follow Jesus with our whole heart. And so we have to do our own work because God is faithful even when we are not. And so Singh, the author of our call to worship In 1906, begins to lead others to Christ, and he penned this phrase: "I'm not worthy to follow in the steps of our Lord, but like him, I want no home and no possessions. Like him, I will belong to the road." sharing the suffering of my people, eating with those who give me shelter, and telling all men of the love of Christ. Could you honestly utter that phrase? That I'm willing to follow Jesus, understanding that foxes have holes and birds have nests, but he has nowhere to lay his head? I'm willing to follow Jesus, knowing that His eyes are fixed on Jerusalem and the cross before Him, the world behind Him, and it may cost me relationships and comfort and monetary things. I'm willing to follow Jesus even when nobody else is willing to go with me, because Jesus is all I Like sing, like sing, have you decided to follow Jesus? No turning back. And though no one may go with you, will you still follow? Carrying your cross, putting the world behind you and the cross in Jerusalem before you you willing to follow? The question I have for us today is this. Are we willing to proclaim as individuals? Because we can proclaim it as a church all day, but it has to come down to the individual. Are you willing to proclaim as an individual, I have decided to follow Jesus? No turning back. No turning back, amen.